I dedicate this as an offering to the three treasures of the true Buddhism of the sowing and pray that their power, beneficence, and influence evermore widely prevail. Nam myo renge kyo, nam myo renge kyo, nam myo renge kyo. Welcome back, friends, to another edition of Sokubirakai, becoming a Shoshu Shosha member. I'm your host, Sanzan. You can call me whatever you want. And I spent 10 years in the Sokubirakai <coughs> doing all the bells and whistles that I could to try to figure it out. And I'm not saying that I figured it out, but I figured out that it definitely was a knockoff copy of the real deal. And I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that doesn't like that. When they find that out, that my that my purse, Louis Vuitton, is not really Louis Vuitton. No, <laughs> I just picked for like one of the most drastic instances that I can think of instantly. But I, I live in a city, so that's probably why that came to mind. <laughs> or you were th- sold a seed you told was a fruit, and it's really a nut. Or I don't know. <laughs> or, or it's really a different fruit. You're like, I don't know how to describe what's happened to me, although maybe you have your own experience with the, with the subject of being duped by the Soka Gakkai. I mean, really, spiritually duped. Pardon me. <coughs> a fast one, a shifto changeo. Um, some, you know, <laughs> they weren't giving you all the <clears throat> information there. And the minute you start uh, trying to repay your eternal debt to what they call the eternal mentors you've completely just like cut yourself off from the heritage of the ultimate law of life and death it's it's interesting because then they they throw pieces of the teaching at you translated their way so can't even be really called the teaching and then they fuzzy it up with a bunch of Ikeda's commentary so much like volumes of his commentary right I mean Anybody, anybody experienced that? Like television fuzz being put around the Daimoku. Not good. Not good. Causes a lot of dissonance, you might say. So, after 10 years of doing it that way, really, really strong, Lee, and just, wow, the mana burn. <laughs> oh, so, um, so my hands are scarred forever. Well, I mean, that's a different story. But uh, we're talking about it physically here. And the idea of being able to see the difference between the two schools, the original school, Nietzsche and Shoshu, the Orthodox, the one that's been passed down for over 700 plus years, or the one that was created in the 40s or 50s or something, and uh, somehow, for some reason, just keeps changing the prayer book and shifting the names around, taking names out, taking whole prayers out, two or three of them, I mean, so many, and then just shorten it, shorten the whole practice how arrogant do you have to be to say you know so much about something that somebody created before you were born that you are going to change it so much that it doesn't even resemble (laughs) what it used to be I just maybe you suggest people sit in chairs or something because we're in America maybe that's that's a form. That's a formality that can change, right? But as our chief priest at Mishinji Temple says, the doctrine should never change. And and uh, I really liked it when he said that because it made me see the difference between 
Said, oh, so okay, it's changing the doctrine every seven to ten years in the, their bylaws. They call this idea of organization kind of it's a little bit more weird, I think, in Japan for I mean for the American mind, where this group is a strong arm in the political system, in and that's that's actually a known thing by many in Japan, uh, just in the small amount of people that I've met from Japan living here in America that have told me that. Anyway, my point here is <clears throat> they all came down to the Gohonzon, or whatever they call that, the, you know, it's actually a counterfeit object, so it's Honzon, and the idea, when I realized where does this thing come from? I said, where does this thing come from? Who makes this thing? Because the more I learned about how it was done, for whatever reason, I believed that the split should happen and blah, blah, blah. And people, I believe that people would be their own priests and stuff. I think Walt Whitman wrote about that or something. And Ikeda propagated that quote from him to like convince young people like me or any people like you to pray his way. And in his direction, I might say. I mean, it'd be different if he wasn't putting his name in the book. He's supposedly still alive, and you're putting him in your prayer book. That that just goes against all kinds of natural instincts. I mean, when I found out, when I first joined, and I found out there was a priesthood, and they were then telling me how much they wanted to vanquish the priesthood, I instantly, because because I was, I was high priest of several coven of Wiccan magic and shamanism but they're urban and uneducated and I couldn't even call them those but that's what we call ourselves <laughs> and well I thought people often don't understand the priest's role because they have the information to help and depending on the delivery they could come off very strict or or um, life-saving perhaps uh, was my D- deluded view at the time of that whole interaction. So right away, though, my instincts were kicking. I was like, on my mind, I was like, oh, no, I'm on the wrong side. <laughs> and and right then and there, I vowed, I said, well, since I'm here, I'll always be the one to speak out and say the priests have a Buddha nature, too. That's what I always would bring up in all the groups that start. I'd even go to the Soka Spirit meetings and just try to learn and like figure it out. But I would still pray their way. And it was all about, they had a prayer card, literally. It said, vanquish the priesthood. <laughs> it was terrible. I was like, what does that mean? And it talks about like subduing or ri- ri- getting rid of. Or I actually need to refresh my mind on the actual definition. Although I, it's not a very good cause to throw at it at any being that has devoted their entire life to peace. That's not a good uh, cause to make, and especially if they're a priest in that energy system, um, religion. <laughs> it's, it's bad karma. Karma, right? Something along the lines of, comes from the Sanskrit word karman, which means to act, if I'm not mistaken. And so karmic retribution and karmic reward. You know, there's different kinds of karma. And then 
also the karma that you're creating, even listening to this podcast, you're doing something, creating an action. I hope it's good karma. <laughs> I really do. That's why I try to put the table numbers at the end of the episode. So if I say anything off the color, which I, I will, I promise you, please call the temple and be like, this guy, I would just crack up if chief priest at my temple told me one time something about someone calling them about some weird thing. Just to even like clarify that I'm not going off the, the basket, you know, that's a, that's great. I that's just so funny. Okay. Not that that's happened. The object of devotion, the object of worship, the object of fundamental respect in your life, what is it? Is it your mother? Because I'll tell you, it was my mother. I actually even used the spirit of my mother in Wiccan ritual where I called her down as the goddess into my body. I would put on a, a ring she wore when she died and everything. It was very magical but it scarred my mind. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. It's bad. Okay. <laughs> it's bad for them, too, because then it's like haunted. <laughs> in, the most, um, in the most motherly ways, for instance, when I was with somebody in a relationship that uh, I shouldn't be, or something like that, uh, I would often see her face imposed over their face but when she was bald, going through cancer treatment for ovarian cancer, and it, it wasn't like terrifying, like oh, because it was it was such a uh, a beautiful face and calming face to be uh, with. You know, she lost her hair and wore her hats and scarves, and she loved that. Still, such a pretty woman, and the most beautiful woman in the world, right? Your mother. That should be the answer. I had two. So I, I learned that one quickly. <laughs> okay, besides that, though, it was very, very unbalancing to do that kind of uh, ritual with uh, my, with, with, with uh, the deceased, you might say. But uh, what does that even mean? I don't know, because I'm living still. I'm going to keep making these podcasts. <laughs> okay, but the object of worship, what was your object, what's your object of worship? That I'm talking about, that was a pagan's object of worship. That was a... a self-proclaimed shaman, a delusional young man who, who dabbled in things unknown to him. That was me past life. In this life, past existence. In this current life, past existence. So when I started studying teachings of Buddhism, rather than just reading the uh, list of Shakyamuni quotes I had on a poster on my wall, it was actually a cross from my pagan altar, so little did I know it was probably subduing the nastiest of demons from coming through. <laughs> To tell you the truth, anyway, but something always struck me with what, even if it was so, even if it was so confusing. I love the ones that confused you; they just knocked you in the head, and you were like, "What?" And you had to, because then you had to read it slow, and then you had to read it again and again. And one of them was like something along the lines of, and forgive me for paraphrasing, but it really struck me, even if I don't remember the, the, the literal words, and it was. If man could understand the true nature of a flower, his life would be changed forever. Something along those lines. If man could understand the true nature of a flower, his life would be changed forever. Okay. So... What's your object of worship? You know, what, what do you... Is it television? Is it your phone? 
Instagram, Facebook. What do you what do you spend the most time doing? What I mean, what are you what are you trying to get back to all the time? Is it the Daigohonza? If you do that, and you do it the way the high priest says, instead of Dasakukeda, you get a better effect. You really do. I'm not here to say your obstacles go away. Obstacles don't go away when you practice it the right way. You, you may even say they increase in proportion to your life force if you're practicing, right? Something like that. I don't know. Although, to get it all out in this life, what a benefit. What a great benefit. What an opportunity to change your karma. Is a one, one hour of... No, like one day's propagation in an impure land is worth a hundred years' propagation in a pure land. Right, something along the lines of that. This is the impure realm of mapo, conflict and dispute. The Saha realm, the realm of human suffering. This is, this is also the realm of tranquil light and Kwan Ganjo, time without beginning or end. And that's what's beautiful about this, is that we really are an opportunity to focus on something that will help with the transition from this dark to the light, and it's the Daigohon Zone. Now, this is out of Nichiren Shoshu Monthly, November 2022, and it's called Questions and Answers on the Object of Worship, Honzon Mondosho. Quote, this Gohonzon, after Shakyamuni expounded it more than 2,230 years ago, has not as yet been propagated by a single person throughout all of Jambudvipa. Tentai in China and Dengyo in Japan were essentially aware of it, but they did not promulgate it in the least. Indeed. The time is now that this Gohonzon should be propagated in all sincerity. Based on these benefits, I pray for the repose of my parents, teacher, and all mankind. In an effort to inform you of this, I have inscribed and sent the Gohonzon to you. Therefore, remove your focus from other matters, go before this Gohonzon, and single-mindedly pray for the future. End quote. Go page 1283. Now, I, I want all of you to call a temple and ask about that Gosho to a priest because they, the chief priest is the only person really, uh, the one giving out correct answers about the Kohonzon these days or at all, ever, for 700 years. Just like you wouldn't take uh, any dental advice from me, you know, like, like, oh, you should really get all the, the mercury fillings out of your mouth and replace them with a mole company. Like, what? You're not a dentist. No, I'm not. 
<laughs> I'm a cook <laughs> with a massage license and a life insurance producing license. But that's, that's a different story and not even a story. That's just me. Who are you? What do you do? What realms do you affect? Are you a teacher? <clears throat> are you a janitor? Are you a cook? Are you a retail store person? A lot of people do that. Um, do you work at the airport? Do you rent cars? Uh, do you sell houses? The, the circles you run in, the people you touch, even the people who look at you, that you look at, that you even drive by, that you, I mean, people that you've met anywhere in your life, you're connected to them, karmically connected to them. And so when you chant to this Daigohon zone, the three great secret laws, in your heart, your mind, nam myoho renge kyo and then you, you seek the teachings that have been passed down for over 700 years to tell you what the high priest has and the chief priests have them at the temples. They have these teachings to share for open ears and minds, and it, it really transforms your suffering into joy. Instead of constantly wondering when it's going to work and all this manifestation stuff, it's almost like if you distract yourself enough with the Akeda book club and meetings, then you can manifest things. Now, if you notice, what happens often is you end up talking to people in the SGI about what you're chanting about. So then more people are chanting about it uh, to, to help you make it come true. Now that's more like coven magic than I ever got to happen with coven magic in my life. I tried to. I didn't know what I was searching for, but I tried to get like-minded people together to understand ancient ways and then put them together to make prayers come happen come true and we just had our groups you know just thought that's how I thought that's how it was done but no 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 I guess I just had some kind of old soul or something too old it's crickety it's dusty one of my Buddhist friends early on in age she was like that's the long way around I said oh so anyway I stand here today not in a shy way saying let's not do it yours are my way let's do it the right way. Ask lots of questions. Not to me, to the priests. They have great answers. Oh, let's give them a call. Nam yo ho renge kyo. Nam yo ho renge kyo. Nam yo ho renge kyo. And for those of you wanting the numbers of the Nietzsche and Shoshu temples, here in America, and soon I'll have the numbers for other ones. I'm just going to put this at the end of every episode. Um, Los Angeles area, Myohoji Temple, phone number 323-565-2888. Uh, New York area, Myosetsuji Temple, phone number 718-961-7269. Hawaii, Hon- Hawaii Honsaiji Temple, I believe, 808-235-8486. San Francisco area, Myoshinji Temple, that's the temple I belong to, Woohoo! Uh, 510-222-8372, Washington, D.C. area, Washington, Washington, D.C. area, Myo Senji Temple, 301-593-9397, Vancouver area, Myo Shoji Temple, 604-580-3993. And if you're in Brazil, the phone number there for the temple is 115581-8215. Thank you. And please call them with your questions. They have wonderful answers. Email them. Um, seek 
the law.